It's that time again, everybody. We are back with another fresh episode of the Gentlemen Dojo. Close, almost, close. Almost. Hey, Got guys. the front half. Yeah, we'll take it. Yeah, we'll take it. Yeah, we'll heavy. take it. Top heavy. Gary Cannon, along with my good buddy Patrick Keene. And Ozzy there. Yeah, Black I love this Sabbath. song. Yeah, it's fantastic. What's your Randy favorite Rose. Ozzy song? Uh, that one. Really? This is it? I think so. I'm, I'm, I'm not, uh, t- I don't go too deep, and I'd be a poser if I tried to go, oh, no, I didn't like this. I like, you know when people do that? They, yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. I don't like the popular one. I'm going to go for this one nobody knows about, even though it's. I, uh, I like Shot in the Dark, one okay. of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. Aaron, yeah. maybe one of your favorites, Shot in the Dark? Yeah, Shot in the Dark is great. I also like Goodbye to Romance. Ooh, Ooh, nice. Some good choices. Nice, Randy yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Randy Rhodes, the guitarist there, was he with Sabbath all the way through, or is it he with them at all? Or was No, he, he was with Ozzy Solo. Uh, he was on, with Ozzy Solo, okay. And then he, did he do stuff with Quiet Riot in the 80s, or am I insane again? No, no. I, think he, way off. I think he died way before they got Thank popular. Thank God. Okay. <laughs> uh, speaking of dying, Steve Byrne, our uh, yeah. third host, he is up in Montreal. It feels like he's been gone for a long time. I, yeah, because you've been in a great mood. So. I've been <laughs> I've been very happy. Everybody around here has been happy. I've never seen Aaron smile as much as he has. Without Steve, yeah. So great. But yeah. he is finishing up his run there. Feels two, like he's been gone for a while. He's coming home this weekend. He's been and, gone two, three weeks. Yeah, yeah, because the last time you and I did a show, yeah. Dave and Gary Brightwell were in our studio. That's right. So it's, just, it's, it's crazy that Steve has been gone. But hey, does it, we, we're not going to let our fan... And I say singular. Uh, we're not going to let our fan suffer just because Steve's not here to not put together a fresh gentleman's dojo. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. By the absolutely. way, uh, yeah. you uh, been in, to Houston. You seen your lady? Yes, I was in Houston seeing my girl, and uh, we're also uh, performing here and there around LA. Here, there, and everywhere. Spots. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny. We were just talking about how when the Montreal Comedy Festival is happening, it really clears out a lot of yeah. bookings in LA. Yeah. And you were able to. Procure I was saying that I that I have been enjoying a few of the bookings. I did the Laugh Factory on Wednesday. I did the Comedy Magic Club on Thursday, and then tonight the Improv. So I felt like this was kind of a fun trifecta. Yes. And you said because everybody's out of town, that still isn't helping your game. Right, right, right. I'm still <laughs> I'm still going to Malibu and Thousand Oaks for twenty dollar winery gigs. Well, there you go. I mean, yeah, still, still listen, fun. Listen. What time's your What time's your Improv tonight? Uh, Eight o'clock. Oh, okay. I'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stopping by. I. I I'm, I might be too far, but how, how late are you staying? You'll probably get out of there after your set. No, I think I'm going to be. Uh, I think I'm going to stay for a little bit. Okay. Your call yeah, yeah. has been forwarded to an. That didn't sound good for I'll the podcast. Check in, uh, well, I'll check in with you after my set and see where you are. Okay, great, great. I'm very excited. By the way, we are uh, pulling up a guest on the phone right now. Fantastic. I know this sounds a little uh, crazy. Hey, hey. Uh, we would like to welcome this guest. We are on live. Mr. Brian Kiley, we would like to welcome this gentleman to our show, a guy that I've known uh, actually a little more close over the last couple of years since I started working at Conan, but has certainly been around for a long, long time. Uh, Please welcome, I would like to say, one of the head writers. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to say that. Yeah. uh, Of the Conan O'Brien show, who's been with the show how many years, Brian? Uh, 23. Wow. Wow. Michael Jordan number. How about a hand for Brian Kiley? Yes. Yes. Brian? I like you already said his full name. Before, yes. Before saying it truly I did. as an intro. I did. And you kind of gave it away. Brian, Patrick Keene is joining me today. He's one of our co-hosts. He said that you guys have nice. met in the past. Hey, Brian. Yes. Good to have you, buddy. How are you, buddy? Brian is a guy that, despite the fact that he's got this great gig on Conan, right, still goes out and performs almost every night of the week, always out on the on the town, working somewhere. And I know that he's doing a spot at the Comedy and Magic Club tonight, so this is Brian's work ethic. He's leaving his house 
at 3.30 in the afternoon for an 8 o'clock show <laughs> to make sure that he gets there on time? Well, it is that thing. I'd rather get down there early and do nothing. You know what I mean? Like then sure. Just go be through, you know, you know what it's like. I'm thinking somebody should do a bit about the traffic in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> Have you thought about it? It seems kind of edgy, but yeah. I <laughs> well, L.A. L.A. is seven different cities. It, it, really, yeah. it really is. And, so many different uh, pockets. It's a joke. I mean, Pasadena to Hermosa Beach is that's absolutely most, crazy. Yeah, that's two different franchises. Yeah. Now, Brian, you yeah. did not you did not start when the Conan show started. You joined in a couple years in, I correct? Joined, I joined uh, six months in. Six months in. Now, how do yes. you how do you end up getting a job like that? How does how does that whole thing come together? Well, it uh, somebody got fired. <laughs> Six months in, and uh, you know sometimes it just doesn't work out with people. And and uh, you know not to be a wise guy, there are t- there there are times where someone is very funny. They just have different sensibilities for that show. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Um, and and there are certain comics that that you're just on a different wavelength from them. Do you know what I mean? So a lot of things are just, you just want to be, it just has to be the right fit. So it didn't work out with somebody. And I, at the time, you know, I was just doing stand up, but I, I was doing a lot of topical jokes in my act. So it just happened that they were looking for somebody to do some topical jokes and they contacted me and I sent a packet in and, uh, you know, I, they, I had gotten a couple of jokes on just, you know, sending that jokes in that day kind of thing. And, um, but they liked my packet, and they said, "Yeah, okay, you start tomorrow." So wow, oh, what a great yeah. call that is, it, Brian. Is it harder or easier when a show is relatively new like that? Because obviously they're trying to get their footing down. They're trying to figure out what they're looking for. You know, is it is it easier, kind of flying under well, the radar at a show, or harder like that? Well, that's a good question. I think the the, the what makes it what makes it easier is. They're trying to figure things. I mean, that's actually amazing. It makes it a little bit harder. They're trying to figure things out. But I think what makes it easier is, um, you know, they're trying to find their way. So so they're trying to experiment and see what works and, and so on. Do you know what I mean? So um, it's a little bit tricky to do an established show in, in one sense where they've already set the bar pretty high or they know what they want to, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but the nice thing is... You can when you start new with a show, you kind of find your way with them, you know. And and did you did I mean obviously when when a writer starts out on a show, their contract is what every six weeks? Is that how it works? Uh, thirteen weeks. Thirteen weeks. Yeah. Now it may have changed, but it was thirteen weeks at the time. So, uh, yeah, you have and I for I for like five for my first five years or whatever it was seven years, I had thirteen week deals. Oh, thirteen weeks. Every thirteen weeks, new deal. They never signed it to like yeah. a year or. Well, that was no. It was it was like you'd get you know you'd get picked up every thirteen weeks. But you know every third. I mean. That's four I times a year. Yeah, I wasn't that worried because I knew I was getting stuff on, and I had a good relationship with Conan, and I would have been uh, surprised. But at the same time, you know your your deals up every thirteen weeks, so you can't get too complacent, you know. But it is it's one of those things too, right? Where because I've heard this, uh, a buddy of ours, Steve Maison, he worked at Ellen. It's it's one of those things like, uh, you know, when you're hitting the 13-week mark, they just don't say anything. You're just kind of rolled into the next thing, right? Is that how it worked there? Yeah, yeah. I, and, you know, maybe different other places. But, um, yeah, that was it was no news is good news kind of thing, you know. 
And w- when you started there, was it all comics as writers, or was it different sketch writers, TV writers from other? Yeah, there was both. There was it was either you know you're either uh, you know a former stand up or a former like you know improv guy, sketch person, or you're just a comedy writer. You know. See. Uh, non-performer yeah it's interesting did you did you ever go into work like on a monday and a writer was gone you're like oh my god i'm surprised because they seem to have gotten a lot of stuff on the air this seems kind of weird that they're gone uh yes that has happened although it it was only one time can i think what what i say i was shocked i think the other times i was kind of like yeah that's guy it was kind of finding his way i guess you know what i mean <laughs> you're so polite he's, he's, <laughs> he is i know a good way of saying yeah. it, it's because yeah i would think that it's just yeah. one of those things you just don't know i mean it's just kind of like somebody just got cut from the baseball team that maybe you thought right, was right. was pretty good so i mean did you brian was that kind of your goal to become a writer for a show or you just kind of fell into it no it's funny because a kid you know i i it's funny i wanted to be a comedian as a kid but when at that time, I mean, things have changed now, but at that time, the idea of being a comedian, it's like, well, who, nobody's a comedian. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like, you, 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 there were a handful of people on TV that were comedians, but you didn't know anybody. Nobody knew, knew anyone that was a comedian or anything like that. You know, now it's, now it's, there are a lot of comedians out there, but, you know, when I was a little kid in the 70s, you know, there weren't comedians out there. So I, as much as I wanted to be a comedian, I kind of thought, I don't know how you can be one, but I thought, well, I, I know that I'd watched the Dick Van Dyke show and I knew that the TV shows had writers and I was like, well, I could be a TV writer then, you know? So I did want to be at least a comedy writer since I was, you know, 11 or 12 years old or whatever, you know? Yeah. That show is fascinating, by the way. It, it covers, you know, it's, the, it's called the Dick Van Dyke show, but it's really a team of writers writing for uh, Carl Reiner's character that you never yes, really see or yes, really saw absolutely. the back of his head or something. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's, interesting. it's really, uh, even back then, that's like second layer stuff. That's like Larry Sanders, like, oh, here's yes, the team. Yes, and it was, it's surprisingly, uh, surprisingly hip show. If you watch it now, the sensibility-wise, it's like, you know, he, he'd go see his therapist or, the, the, you know, and just a lot of things they did, you're like, wow, that was way ahead of its time, you know? Did you have an idea of maybe a show that you wanted to write for? I mean, because... Yeah, I mean, I, did you even know how to approach kind of finding a writing job? I mean, they saw you doing stand-up, but did you know how to approach even getting no, a writing I, packet I, in? No, I had no idea. And But, I, you know, I I thought, if you asked me when I was 13 or 14, I I probably, I would have said, I, I'm going to, I want to write sitcoms when I grow up, you know? Um, but I would, I used to write jokes as a teenager, and I had like a, like these little note cards, and I'd write my jokes, and I'd like, you know, I was a little bit of a comedy nerd, you know. Um, so I, I, I do feel like, you know, we had this conversation in the writer's room one day about when some guy was saying that he had, like, his own little mad magazine when he was a kid. And other kids, did, you know, I think that, that we all kind of confessed to what comedy nerds we were as little kids, you know what I mean? That's And fun. I think, yeah. But you're also... You're a comedy nerd, but you're a good-sized guy. Like, you played sports growing up, too, so... I did. I, I was, you know, I love sports, and I, I I have to say, as a kid, I was kind of like, am I going to be Oscar Madison or Dick Van Dyke? Am I going to be a... Uh, is, am I going to be a uh, sports writer or a um, or a, a comedy writer, you know? Yeah. It's weird, though, Brian, because you, you if you look at the overall picture of Conan, right, when it, when you joined the, the team six months in... 
I, are you more worried that your job's not going to last or the show's not going to last? Oh, I see. Um, well, they kind of went hand in hand. I mean, we kind of felt like, you know, you know, we were all kind of in it together, you know. And right. You could be the funniest writer in the world, but if the show goes under, you, you're, you're under with it. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I don't think that you, you can't be one of these guys that you're just, I just want my stuff on and I don't care if the rest of the show sucks. It's like, well, um, you, I do think we were all kind of pulling for each other and we all wanted it to be good, you know. What, what size writing staff is, is a talk show? I mean, I don't know if Conan's regular, like like everyone else is, or, or what, what kind of. There's, there's, uh, there's probably about, uh, you know, 11 or 12 of us. That's when we were at the Tonight Show, uh, there was like 16. There were, you know, it was a bigger staff. Sure. But we we're probably, I don't know, 10, 11, 12, somewhere on there. Was there ever the possibility, because Conan obviously wrote for The Simpsons for a bit, was there ever a possibility that his, his talk show would live on Fox? It seems like that would kind of be a natural fit, or was that never... Well, no, no, that's actually, after the uh, the Tonight Show thing didn't work out, we um, we had heard rumors that we were going to be on Fox, and that's what, what we thought they were going to be. And I think what happened was, the problem was some of these Fox, um, some of these affiliates already had these deals with these sitcoms you know they had ordered they'd already bought these sitcoms for the next three years and paid for them so it was you know some markets we were going to be on at 11 o'clock and some would be on at 11 30 and some would be on at midnight and some would be on at 12 30 or whatever um it was it was kind of um all over the place where tbs kind of 11 o'clock in every market and we want you to you know they really uh, wanted Conan badly. They really pursued him. And it's funny because I was flying. I actually had to fly to Boston for my aunt's funeral. So I'm, I get on the plane. I shut my phone off for six hours. I get off and I've got 20 emails, you know, or 20 text messages when I get off of, hey, you're going to TBS. And <laughs> uh, TBS came out of nowhere, you know, from, you know, not that I'm privy to the private negotiations right. you know but um we hadn't heard any tbs rumors at all where i whereas i know that he had been negotiating with fox oh wow so tbs just kind of came out of nowhere then huh yes from from as far as i could tell yeah which but is they were, yeah the, the cold open for the uh first tbs show was amazing where, where he opens up the note and it says less much less <laughs> with his salary <laughs> yeah and, you know, his wife is trying to kick him out of the house, and he's telling everybody as he's behind the Burger King counter about who he had on his guests. I mean, just a great cold yeah. open to the show. Well, it's funny because he's – if you look at the history of his first shows, you know, when he did the – even the, you know, the NBC show, the late night show, which, you know, it, it – it, if you look at the cold open from the very first show, it was great. And the Tonight Show cold open was great. You the know, Tonight Show cold open was when he ran across country. Yeah, yeah that was fantastic. Drove his desk that through was the gate. So great. Yeah. You know, he's a guy that really prepares when he has something big. You know, and if you've seen, like, if you can read, if you go online and see his Harvard speech or see his speech at Dartmouth or something, you know, they're both masterpieces. And you can see where it's like, oh, this guy, you know, this guy knows how to really work something. And polish it, and and you know you can see why he was an A student at Harvard. You're like, oh, huh. 
Yeah, oh, there are stories. I did. Uh, I did gr- not to brag here. I did some groundlings work over the years. And, <laughs> uh, stories of him over there, how he'd come into classes, get the because there's performance classes, there's writing classes, and he would come into writing classes like overprepared. Like people had to write five sketches, he'd have ten every week or yep. whatever. I mean, yeah. it's just like it's uh, no. He, you know, he's he really um, puts his nose to the grindstone. It's it's actually impressive because my my philosophy in life has always been like that's eh, good enough. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it is interesting because, you know, Brian, obviously we just got back from Comic-Con and you can see just with the cold open from the very first night that we were at Comic-Con, how much work went into that thing. And, you know, it's funny talking to some of the people that were on location with him as he filmed it, saying that it was a 10, 12 hour day. And he's right out there with everybody screwing around, having a good time, taking pictures. You know, he's not one of these guys that is in his trailer and then coming out and bitching that he's got to film something again. Like, listen, we, we all can agree that Letterman was really, really funny. But I think towards the end, we kind of all realized that he was ready to go. He wasn't vested much and he was coming out and just kind of this cranky neighbor get out of my lawn and like but you can really see that conan loves what he does well i think he 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 does love what he's done and i have to say you know i went to uh the persian gulf with them to we went to you know that that army base and that military base i shouldn't say army because it was all the branches but he you never saw somebody took so many you know every soldier in that base there were like three thousand of them they came up and asked for a picture and you know, he said yes to everybody. I mean, he, he couldn't get a mouthful of food without having to get up and take, take six pictures of somebody and sit back down and try to get another mouthful. And, be, you know, but he's very uh, I do think he's very generous like that, you know. Well, because, again, even just hearing about him on location that he just loves being out there and putting together this great package for his audience. That's his wheelhouse. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And I think, I mean, you know, obviously with the Army guy, you know, the military guys, it's like, you know, he's appreciating what they're doing. But even just the regular fans, I think he, I think he's grateful, you know. Did did you and Conan know each other uh, from Boston days or more New York comedy scene? Uh, no, this is going to be, you might have to sit down for this one. Uh-oh. So when, when, uh, when we were little kids, we went to the same, uh, like, Catholic Sunday school. Wow. And his thing, he was in my brother's class and I was in his brother's class. And so I would sit next to his brother and, you know, I'm nine years old and Luke and I would talk football. You know, it was like it was like Monday afternoon and we, we would talk about the football games the day before. And it, I'll tell you, and in those days, the Patriots, I mean, were they were they at oh. Plunkett or I mean, were they good or? Oh, no, they yeah. were abysmal. Yeah. They were <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want to say <laughs> it. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. People don't realize that people are like, oh, you Pats fans. It's like, hey, believe me, we had. Those years they only played fourteen games. It was like one in thirteen, and, those years <laughs> they were 15, and it was like, oh, you know. I remember wearing my Patriots shirt down the street, you know, on a car driving by, just going, "Patriots suck." <laughs> in Boston, in Boston. <laughs> you know, you're a kid walking down the street with your Patriots shirt on. You know? <laughs> just happy. Uh, yeah, you know. So it, but I, I mean, then I didn't see him. You know, I, I was like nine or ten years old, and then so I was kind of, I was aware of who he was. But then I didn't see him for years and years. And my brother went to Harvard uh, when Conan was there. Oh, wow. wow. And Conan was writing for the Lampoon. So my brother would show me, he'd be like, remember that guy Conan O'Brien? And he'd show me the Harvard Lampoon stuff that Conan was writing. So I, I was, but I wouldn't have, like, I would have walked by him in the street not knowing 
what he looked like or who he was, you know? Which is um, how you walk by Gary at the at Conan. Yeah. <laughs> I, Get away. To this day, I, I, I still don't know what Gary looks like. <laughs> he doesn't even know we have a warm-up. Yeah. <laughs> but, is, but, Brian, what's yeah. crazy is that, I mean, you know, because you, you have this relationship with his brother, right? Do you still see the brother? Or you still talk to the brother here years later? Well, I, I you know, him and I didn't see each other for, you know, and then when Conan gets the show, we kind of reconnected, you know, this is like, this is like 25 years later. It's like, oh, yeah, you know what I mean? Um, so it's it's just kind of funny that, but, you know, Conan and I did the, um, you know, we did the Google Maps or whatever for our house and or MapQuest or whatever, and he was, he grew up exactly four miles from me. Oh, wow. And we both came from, you know, these big Irish Catholic families. I There were five kids in my house and, and six kids in his house. Jesus. And... I think that we always had sort of similar, you know, we're two repressed, self-deprecating Irish guys, you know? So a lot of the jokes that I wrote for him just came second nature to me because they were kind of the jokes that I'd be writing for myself to some extent, you know? Right. Uh, I mean, there was a little bit of a learning curve because I used to love to do wordplay jokes and I learned quickly that he hated those. Oh, that's so I was like, oh, hmm, okay. Um, so I definitely have learned a lot in terms of joke writing from him and just the just the economy of words and have a, you can't have a joke that's just too soft. Like you don't want to have some joke that's kind of cute. It's got to have a it's, it's got to have a little bite to it, you know. Uh, do, do you think that there aren't because, you know, style of comedy has just changed over the years and you know, it's amazing who's on TV doing what kind of jokes. Your style is just very unique, very old school just joke punchline, set up punchline. Yeah, the, the joke that you opened with when I saw you in San Diego about some guy jumped into the backseat of your car. He thought he was your Uber driver. So you drove him to the airport and you talked the whole way. Like, I mean, it's just, it's a great, <laughs> simple joke. And you don't see that enough now because everybody's got just some grandiose uh, joke and something. But I mean, it, has that always been your style? I mean, it's it's so damn it's pure. funny. It's it really is. Well, pure. thanks. You know, I, I think when I first started, I tried different things, and I, and it was funny. I would even do impressions where I have to be the worst impressionist you've ever heard. You know, and I think after like two or three shows, I'm like, why am I trying to do impressions? I can't do impressions. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So, and I would even do some sort of observational jokes, and I, I would also. I do. Stephen Wright was like a hero of mine, and I would do these kind of off the wall jokes that nobody would buy coming from me. So, you know, you have to learn your, you have to learn how the audience perceives you, and and you kind of develop a character that it's 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 what you think you are, but also what they agree that you are. You know, it just it just I mean, because Patrick and I were talking before we got on air, like your style is so great, and you just don't see a lot of guys still doing that style, which is just, it, it's so damn funny. Well, thank, I mean, here's the downside. You know, uh, uh, if if I have, you know, the plus side, you can do a, a five-minute TV spot and do a lot of punchlines. The downside is if I have to do 45 minutes or whatever, that is a ton of jokes. Yeah, I mean, And even I, just remembering that joke, that many jokes, it's like, all right, I've got to go up there with 140 jokes. That's, that's <laughs> I was going to ask about that. Like, you know, you, literally. So it, it, it's the kind of thing of, you can see why people don't have that style. It's exhausting, you know? Yeah, I, 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 I was going to ask about it. I, I did see your Comedy Central special. I, I've only seen one. I don't know if you have more than one or if you have other specials. The one I've seen was Comedy Central. Um, mm -hmm. and, the half hour, yeah. Yeah, and I was wondering, do you, now, did, do you do the road at all, or is it only kind of special events? Like, 
with a Conan O'Brien well, team, or do you even have time? I mean, well, I don't have too much time. I mean, I, now that my kids are out of the house, like now that both my kids are in college, I'm a little more willing to go away on a weekend, you know, to go away some week, you know, before it was like, ah, you know what? I don't want to miss their soccer game or their baseball game or whatever, you know? Um, but now that they're out of the house, I'm a little more, but at the same time, you know, I still have our work, you know, I'm still tied to Conan 42 weeks of the year or 46 wow. weeks of the year, whatever it is, you know what I mean? So, but I'll tell you when I did my comedy central special, you know, they had the teleprompter and you have your bullet points to remember your jokes. So I gave them the, and I had 97 jokes. That's, that's wow, that's, really? That's insane. Yeah, and the late and the woman who's running it goes, "That's a record." Yeah. <laughs> wow, 97, and, and you got through all of them? Yeah, I did. That was that was my set. It's like wow. You, you know, do you think as a stand-up, what would you say is the highlight of your stand-up career? Was it doing Letterman? Was it the the half hour? I mean, obviously you've done Conan a bunch of times. What what would you say is the highlight just as a stand-up? Um, I I had a gig in Fresno, a one-nighter. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who books it? <laughs> I, was at, I was at the Chili's at Fresno. Yeah. No. Um, Half-price food. Doing, doing Letterman was was so exciting. You know, I, um, I'd always been a big fan. He was he. I think he was a big influence on Conan in terms of the kind of style of show that we did. You know, um, and you know that was just exciting to. To see, you know, here's the other thing: you're you're doing your set, and you're aware of the audience, and you're aware of the cameras, and you're aware of the guy giving you the time cue, and you're aware of the band. But also, you would overhear Dave laugh, oh, that and you'd want to turn around and yeah. look, and go, really? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, but you kind of have to, you have to pay attention to what you're doing. But um, list, hearing, you know, overhearing him laugh, and then him kind of, um, you know, he'd make a comment or two about one of my jokes afterwards. Uh, that was always a thrill, you know. Is, are you nervous doing Conan just because it's your family and you want to do well for, in front of them? Absolutely. And it's the thing of you have to show up the next day. Right. And, <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> if you have a bad set, it's like you don't want to have 500 people not making eye contact with you the next oh. day when you show up for work, you know? Yeah, that's got to be because I, I remember Lori Martin just did our show and I mean, yeah, she crushed killed, it. Killed, and it, it, yeah. it just, but it's got to be difficult because you want it to go really, really well. Well, in the old days in New York, they, you know, it's, it's it's different here because there's so many celebrities in New York. But if somebody canceled in New York, they were often in a bind. And both with the Letterman show and with the Conan show, um, only one time with each show did they ever schedule me a spot. The rest of the time it was like, they'd call me like, hey, can you go on the, do the show today? Or can oh. you do the show tomorrow? Somebody canceled. Can you do a spot? You know, that kind of thing. So you've always had so, to have the five minutes ready had to have it ready and you'd be like, Oh, okay, this is what I got. And sometimes I remember saying, you know, the Conan people, it's like, well, I've got about two thirds of a set and they'd be like, okay, you're the second guest. <laughs> and I'm literally wow. writing stuff that morning to go on TV to do it. I'm like, Oh my God. Um, that's well, I got to tell you because, uh, I've done some random gigs. I, that's all I do is random gigs. Um, <laughs> but Brian has real gigs and he will also I didn't know do there are other things other than random. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, especially in LA where you're just, I, sure. there's just not enough, I don't know, uh, kind of traditional stand up shows or whatever, but, sure. but, but you are willing to do those shows. And I know that comics, every type of comic gets excited when you're on the lineup. Like, you know, oh, whether well, it's, yeah, nice. it's so, it's true though. Like it's young, hip 
guy from like we're talking Silver Lake or something, or if it's an established real comic that gets paid, they also are fans. So it's always fun to do shows. By with. the way, Brian, I did the numbers, and if you have ninety-seven jokes, you have uh, nineteen five-minute sets ready at any time. <laughs> if you wanted to throw that together, That's incredible. yeah. All the, right. the, the the problem with Brian being I I I'm saying this again. The problem with Brian being too nice is I think you have every knuckle knuck comic in LA that's going to approach Brian over somebody that's a little more brash and and be like hey how can I get on the show blah, 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 blah. and you know sure. Brian isn't going to you know uh, be honest after he's seen their set and be like hey you're, you're more of a whatever show right. but like like it, that's got to be hard for you Brian because you know I'm saying this for you but you know you almost have to figure out kind of a, a democratic way to be nice without right. being rejectful Absolutely. to them well, you never know. Like, there's some people you see them and they don't, you know, they don't really have it, you know, and then you see them a year later and it's like, wow, that person's got funny. What happened? You right, know what yeah. I mean? I mean, that we've definitely seen that happen. And then, you know, I have had some terrible acts come up to me like, how do I get on the Conan show? And I'm thinking, you don't. <laughs> right. You know? yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But I would never say that to somebody. But but then, you know, there are people that surprise you where they, they work on their set and they actually, sit, you know, they don't seem funny, and then a year later, they're hilarious, and you're like, I don't know how they did it, you know? Do, so, because you've remained at the show for 23 years, I'm sure there's been times over the 23 years that you've gotten calls from other shows saying, hey, we want you to be part of our show. Uh, yeah, I, I have, but you know what? It's I, I've had this long relationship with Conan. I mean, I think it would be, you know, I do think loyalty counts for a lot, and I, and I, I think it goes both ways. I think Conan's been very loyal to me. I think he's a great guy, and I like the people I work with. And, you know, that's a big thing in life. You know, um, there are places where you go, and it's like, oh, I can't stand the people here. That makes it tough, you know? Sure. Because you want to be in a fun—I mean, listen, there's a lot of jobs in TV that we all know are yeah. just miserable. They're, people yeah. clock in, clock out. Get the hell out of Absolutely. there. But I, I will say, and, you know, Patrick's heard me say this before, that, you know, in terms of a warm-up gig, it's one of the best gigs I've ever had. I mean, it's it's sure, pretty amazing. Sure. I mean, you know, to fly in and fly out, I mean, it's pretty incredible. So I, I would assume because of your longevity, I mean, I, I'm sure that the Letterman people approached you because you would seem like a great style for Dave. I'm assuming that you've had to make that tough decision of not taking those gigs. Well, I, I, I have, but, I mean, I, I it wasn't – I mean, it's also the thing of – you know, if you're happy somewhere and uh, you don't want to mess with that, you know. Yeah, absolutely not. Are you, what, what? By the way, what advice would you have, Brian, to writers who you know are kind of on that cusp? They want to submit, they want to put together a packet. Like, what? What would you say to those guys? Well, I, I would pick. You know, every show has its own voice, and I do think uh, people. Um, well, let me just say this: I would like. I, jumping to another show, I wouldn't want to make a lateral move. I, I, I could jump to another talk show. Like, I, if I went to a sitcom and it was something different or something, I could see that being exciting. Do you know what I mean? Sure. But, but, I, I don't know. I would feel bad jumping to a rival show. It's you know whatever. But in terms of if you're trying to get hired on one of the shows, I would really uh, watch that show. Try to try to capture the the host's voice. I would even. I would even transcribe their jokes and, and just see how long they are. Do you know what I mean? Because sometimes someone will send in a packet, and before you've even, before you've even read one joke, you go, these jokes are too long. This person doesn't know what they're doing. You know, Conan has its one-sentence setup and one-sentence punchline. 
this person's got a six sentence joke, you know, each one, they could be really funny. It's just not, that's not his style. So you have to really mimic the voice and, uh, and the, uh, of the host. And just know that. Yeah. Because obviously if you're putting together a spec script for uh, two and a half men or all that, right. you, you better have watched the show. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And people do that all the time. And it's like, Hey, you know, this, this, is a funny joke that doesn't fit that show. And sometimes people in their packets, they have Conan doing monologue jokes where he's being very sarcastic or whatever. He, he doesn't do that. Or they're really being very commenty politically or something. It's like, well, he doesn't do that either. That's more of a daily show joke, you know? So it can be a very funny joke. It just might not fit him, you know? Is it the worst feeling when you see him doing your jokes and they're just dying? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, my God, it's the worst. And I always thought, you know, one day, years ago, with this monologue, you know, and every once in a while, and sometimes it's the crowd, but whatever. Sometimes, you know, we had a bad day and it just, whatever. So the next day he comes to my office like, how do you feel? <laughs> me out there with that, you know? And... You know what I told you? Did you ever see the movie Rear Window? Oh, yeah. yeah. Hitchcock, yeah. So Jimmy Stewart, he's got two broken legs, and he thinks his neighbor has murdered his wife, and he sends Grace Kelly, his girlfriend, over to investigate. And the murderer, Raymond Burr, comes back home, and he catches her in the apartment, and he's manhandling her while Jimmy Stewart is watching through binoculars across the way, helpless. As his girlfriend is being pummeled, <laughs> and that that was that, that was, was how you felt. That's how I felt. Was like, oh, 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 he's taking a beating out there. Yeah, it's, it's all my fault. Yeah, that's that's interesting because it's got to be pain. It's yeah. got you know. Yeah, you're like those are my words. That yeah, there, and you're just like you are not alone right now. Yeah, it's like oh, sorry. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the warm up feels it. Everybody feels it as that crowd is just going cold. I mean, you feel it. There's nothing worse. But 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 oh, you you have that similar absolutely. style as Conan and and Conan's self-deprecating stuff is it's valid. There there's a lot of self fake self-deprecating stuff out there sure. nowadays because people they they want to claim credit for uh I don't know, some past that they didn't have or fake. Yeah, that's true. But Conan's is is genuine and and as is yours. I've seen you perform and many times, so that's fun. Final question, Brian, and I don't know if it, it, you probably unsure like most of us you know i've been reading a lot of stuff in the paper about the future of the show what i mean what do you think is going to happen with it just your own personal opinion with the show oh boy uh you know (laughs) believe me that's talking about a million dollar question sure i i i i i don't know i i honestly don't know i mean i don't know if um you know I mean, you know, there's talk of, I, I, I would love to even add more comedy to their show and have cut out a guest and do more comedy it would be fun for me. You know, that just, but that's kind of comedy nerd that I still am. But uh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, some things are logistical where, you know, the, uh, there's a certain amount of hours that need to be filled on TV. So, uh you know, TBS has to kind of sign off on for whatever Conan wants to do, but you know, they have to agree to it too. So everybody has to be on the same page. It's it's tr- tricky, and I don't know. Uh, I don't know what what's going to happen. He obviously still loves doing the show. I mean, you could tell. You know, whether it's more of you know the kind of San Diego thing, or uh, like that's his wheelhouse. That's where he feels comfortable doing the field Absolutely. pieces. I, it's got to be exhausting doing a live show four days a week. 
it, it does. It is a grind. There's no doubt. But you know, I do. I feel like he's getting better and better because he's just. He's he's such a funny guy. He's really the funniest guy I know, and he's just all that experience. And people don't realize. And I feel like, you know, when you're, you think, well, once you're 20 years in, you're not going to learn anything. No, you improve from your, from the 20th year to the 30th year. There's market improvement that you don't you don't think is going to happen, but it does. You know. Yeah, he. You know, my sister and uh, my niece saw him at a hotel or restaurant or something a few years ago, and she's, she's now eight, but she was four at the time, and asking about her red hair was so different. Her red hair was so different. And, uh, and they, they saw Conan, and he, like, he walked by him, and he pointed to her and like pointed to his own hair or something, and it got my niece to smile, and my sister always loved oh, it. Oh, yeah. That. It was really cool. It's, it's funny how little kids love stars. I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's interesting, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and I just saw so many people after the Comic Con shows waiting for pictures after the show yeah. outside the stage doors, and he was so amicable and willing to, you know, appease everybody. And a lot of people don't do that. I mean, they just they don't. No, I I do think he's I I think he's generally appreciative, and I think he's a you know as my son would say he he's a people person. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. I, I, feel, I feel I mean it's funny because. A lot of times I do stand-up shows. I want to have a trap door on stage where I finish my set. I go down the trap door and it leads right to my house. <laughs> and I don't want to talk to anybody. Yeah. Show, right. Yeah. You know? Right. But uh, you know, he's out there. He loves it. So you know, I think he's, you know, I think he's got a ton of fans, and I think he's appreciative of that. You know. Well, I have to tell you, Brian, uh, first of all, you're one of the guys I met early on when I moved to L.A., even before I got to work at the Conan show. And then when I joined the show, you were nothing but nice, nothing but generous. And for a guy that's been in the business 23 years on the same show, you know, I've certainly met guys that have been on shows less than that and who are just complete dicks. And uh, Patrick, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure can attest. Yeah. But but the <laughs> fact that you are just so nice, so humble, you're always taking time with younger comics, because I know that you get just overloaded with people who, you know, want to try to get on Conan or want to try to submit something, and you always take the time. You're a spinoff of Conan. I mean, you're you're really, you know, kind of that mirror to him. And uh, I got to tell you, I am just so happy that you've been part of that show for 23 years. And as part of the show myself and working there, you know, I hope it continues for another, you know, 10, 15 years as long as Conan wants to run it. I know, me too. I, I hope it does, and I appreciate you saying that. And, and you know, I, I'm always hoping that those young people will hire me someday, you know? Yeah. So oh, exactly. That's totally selfless. Believe me, I'm thinking ahead. <laughs> hey, who, 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 uh, real quick, who who's the next Boston team that's going to win a title? You got you got four competitive teams there. Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking the Pats got one more in them, okay. don't you think? Yeah, yeah, that's ridiculous. It's a machine. I, I know everyone hates it. It's so funny because when I wear my, you know, when I wear my Red Sox stuff around town, people are like, hey, Red Sox. When I wear my Patriots shirt, the abuse I get. Oh, it's like, <laughs> and you don't know what city. It could be any city coming at you. It's yeah. like they're Denver fans, they're Steeler fans, they're Dolphins fans, Jets fans, whatever. They all hate us. Um, so it's just kind of funny, those reactions. But sometimes I forget. It's like, what? oh, I forgot I'm wearing a Pats shirt. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, Patrick's a big uh, uh, Pats fan, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I just love uh, what well, I love. What I love is the ownership from ownership on down. It's just so solid, and Belichick's no nonsense. How he treats the press, I love. 
And, oh, it, uh, it is pretty hilarious. Yeah. And they'll ask about somebody's injury, and it's like, he's got a lower body injury. It's yeah, like, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Is that even yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Just... Uh, well, thank you, Brian Kiley, just for being just such a nice guy, calling into our show. Uh, are you on Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff? I am. I'm uh, Twitter at Kylie Noodles. And uh, oh, nice. Yeah, and and Gary, you know, you do you you do just an amazing job with the warm up every day. So that helps uh, makes such a difference with our crowds are so excited when he comes out. So. Oh, thanks, Brian. I mean, we it really. It really is one of the best jobs I've ever had. I mean, it, people are amazed that I can come in and come out and be flying through the door and out the door in 30 minutes. They're like, what kind of job is that? I mean, my dad literally was a blue-collar worker at Chrysler for years and years yeah. and would go to work on the weekends and work 15 hours a day. And just, you know, just imagining this schedule is just is absurd. You know what I mean? Absolutely. absolutely. It's, it's crazy. But, but you've got that energy every time, and it's just it makes such a difference, you know? It's, it's a great gig, and I hope that we can keep the family rolling for a little while. It'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's do that. Well, I know that you're going to be down to Comedy and Magic Club four hours before the show, so you'll be the first one there. <laughs> I will. I'll go take a little nap in the green room. There you go. Well, thank you for calling in, Brian. We appreciate it. Thanks, pal. All right, buddy. Happy to do it, and uh, well, I'll see you soon. Absolutely. Thank you, Brian. Okay, thank you, guys. Okay, bye. There he goes. Brian Kiley, everybody, yeah. one of the uh, head writers for the Conan O'Brien Show. We love Brian. He is such a, uh, such a good dude. We always enjoy chatting with him. Uh, Patrick. Yes, sir. So uh, the next time we come back, uh, Steve will be with us. Can't wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Liar. Well, yeah. Uh, show's <laughs> coming up. What's happening? Uh, yeah, tonight I'll be, uh, what are we doing, tonight or tomorrow? Or yeah, we'll post week? it up tonight. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'll be at the uh, Looney Bins in August uh, with Greg Warren. Uh, there's a three, oh, or four, Greg there's Warren. three or four Looney Bins in Oklahoma City, Arkansas, okay. and uh, Kansas. So I'll be with him. Those I days. love it. Uh, let's see. I don't. I, you know, we're and, in, and we'll uh, be here together in Tempe. Tempe with Steve Byrne. That's going to be a blast. That's mid-August. So uh, check our schedule. Citizen Keen. Yeah, baby. That's uh, Gary Cannon, all that other good stuff. And uh, we will be back next week with Steve. So for everybody here at All Things Comedy and the Gentleman's Dojo, uh, for my co-host Patrick Keen, I've been your uh, other co-host Gary Cannon. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you to Brian Kiley, yep. and we will uh, talk to you guys again soon.